Hello and welcome to Cornwall Hospice Care's podcast, Two Old Chuffs and a Tale of Two Hospices. I'm Tamsin Thomas. And I'm Gina Starnes. And we're here to chat about all sorts of things to do with our charity, which this year is celebrating its 40th anniversary. That's 40 years of providing our specialist care for the people of Cornwall, free of charge, which I'm always staggered I'm saying that. It is incredible, really. Um, but I wanted to take us back today, okay. 45 years, okay. because I think one of the things we forget is that though the hospice is celebrating, or the whole charity is celebrating 40 years of the care, there was this period before that where there was a group of people who worked incredibly hard to make this happen. Real pioneers. Pioneers, brilliant word. I like that word. Uh, they were, I wanted to say, our founding fathers, but no, some, no they're found, no. pioneers yeah. is better, much oh. better. We won't go into that debate right um. now. And I found this lovely person called Barbara Rogers. She started uh, volunteering 45 Gosh. years ago, I know, and still volunteers at our Liscard shop. And she, she was very happy to tell her story. And I went to meet her as they finished their Christmas lunch. Oh, OK. So they're really... Good timing. Oh, yes. Good timing. There's a good deal of laughter in the background. <laughs> uh, but, but it was absolutely lovely because Barbara's memory is crystal clear. Uh, and she brings to life uh, Enid Dalton-White, who was... A legend. I mean, I I grew up in the village where she lived, Pole Ruin, opposite Foy. Okay. And because when I was when I was growing up, I didn't realise what she was doing because she used to open her garden. Oh wow! But now I look back, she was opening her garden because she was absolutely determined to raise the money to build Mount Edgecombe Hospice, Fantastic. which is the one we're sat in yeah. today, recording this. Um, and I've gone full circle now. I'm part of that. But she was uh, a feisty, very short lady, but very feisty. And I get the impression if she, if Enid said jump, you said how high, yep. whether you were the prime minister or the milkman. OK, <laughs> um, but Barbara brings her to life. Um, so I sat down and I said to Barbara, the thing I wanted to find out, first of all, was how did she get involved? 45 years ago, I was working as a district nursing sister out of the loo surgery. And the district nursing service in those days covered Pol Perro, Pol Ruin. And I was requested to go and visit in Pol Ruin a lady by the name of Mrs. Enid Dalton White and to help her to get her legs healed. So I went along to Pol Ruin and I met Mrs. Enid Dalton White. A lovely lady, but very formidable. I'd been going to see her for about a month, and she said to me one day when I went, she was very, very excited and said, I had Lady Edgecombe here yesterday for tea, sister. And I said, oh, that was wonderful. She said, well, it was. She said, because she's had a vision. I said, really? She said, yes, she's had a vision that a hospice would be built in Cornwall. She said, and do you know, she said, I'm going to see that it's built. So I said, well, that's wonderful. Oh, yes, she said, but you'll help me. So I said, will I? And she said, oh, yes. So I did. And I was informed that I needed to go home that afternoon and recruit eight to ten people, friends of mine, and form a committee. 
and that would be the first fundraising committee in the squad. We formed this committee and um, we went off to St Matthew's Fair, to Goosey Fair, to the Honey Fair and all round anything that was happening in Cornwall. It's extraordinary. What a fantastic memory. And I just, I just love that Lady Mount Edgecombe had a vision. I love it. But I, I, you know, I guess for the hospice movement around that time, I think it was about 1967 when St Christopher's was built in Sydenham with um, Cicely Saunders. And so there were lots of people that had those absolutely, you know, pioneering visions of that time because actually I think... You know, we we just started to to realise that care for our dying, you know, wasn't wasn't good, um, and to be able to kind of think, well, actually, we need to do something about it. Go home this afternoon and form a committee is marvellous, isn't it? Really, and to get to get things started. And and of course, Enid Dalton White. I think Lady Mountedgecombe had been very clever in who she'd chosen to speak to because Enid had nursed two husbands through cancer. Yeah. And, and and had obviously felt a huge strain about yeah. that and missed a, a level of support that she probably didn't know what that level of support looked like, but knew it should have been there. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's really, um, it's very difficult for people to become a carer. And so actually to have some of that support and locally, I think would be, I can understand where she's come from. But I just love the thought that to this yeah. poor nurse, who was probably very busy anyway, yeah. walks in the door and it's, ha-ha! Yes. <laughs> now you're here, I've got a plan. Um, but she, she, I, I'm always fascinated by Enid because I, I had met her, I'd had the privilege of meeting her and I knew what she was like. Um, I, could, I can understand how she made it all happen. But of course, for people who hadn't, you know, she was a very small little lady. Uh, but, you know, what she was going to make happen, she would. And Barbara tells this wonderful story about these bricks. I'm going to let Barbara tell the story. You could not argue with Mrs. Enid Dalton White. As I said, she was very formidable, but she had this way with words, and um, when she said you were doing something, you did it. Um, there, was no, there was no getting out of it. As I will tell you, I went one day, and the front room was full of these cardboard boxes, and I said to her, goodness me, Mrs. White, what are all those? She said, oh, sister, they're for you. Oh, I said, I can't take those. I said, um, I've no room in my car. She said, but you've nothing on your back seats. <laughs> so she said, they, I said, well, what are they? Yeah. She said, they're bricks. I said, bricks? She said, yes, I'll show you one. And these were pads of longitudinal pieces of paper, coloured like a brick, and you bought 10 bricks for a pound. Now, in 19, late 1970s, this was quite expensive. <laughs> and I really didn't feel that I had the time. Um, I was also a midwife as well as a district nurse, so I was out at night as well, and I didn't have the time to go around knocking on doors, selling bricks. So I'm driving home, and all of a sudden, I have this thought. In Liscard, we have a Lions Club, we have a Rotary Club, we have an Inner Wheel Club, we have a, a Probus Club, we have the Masons, and we have the British Legion. So all these boxes of bricks were dispensed to these people, and within 
five, six days, my phone was red hot. They all wanted more. I got without thousands of these bricks to those people, but under the auspice of the Liscard Fundraising Committee. How amazing is that? I'm just pleased she wasn't on a bike. Yeah, that would have been really difficult. I'd, I'd always ask a busy person. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> wow. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. And you bought 10 bricks for a pound. Yeah. What would a pound buy now? Nothing. You know, a cup of coffee, maybe, mm. a cup of tea? It's extraordinary, isn't it? I do, I'm it's just incredible. And, and and I just it, it makes me smile when she says I was the, the district nurse. I was also a midwife, yeah. you know. But I had a bit empty back seats. All hours, yeah. I was going to be asked to do this job. Uh, extraordinary, it really is. Uh, hello, you're listening to Two Old Chuffs, a tale of two hospices, a podcast from Cornwall Hospice Care. I'm Tamsin Thomas, and I'm Gina Stan, and we're listening to a fabulous lady called Barbara. We're celebrating at the moment at Cornwall Hospice Care 40 years, so our ruby anniversary. It is, yeah. But today we're looking back beyond those 40 years to the extraordinary work that people across Cornwall did to make sure that the first ever hospice in Cornwall was built. Um, And really, they're the people I think we ought to be celebrating at the moment, because without all their efforts, then we wouldn't be doing what we do now. And we're hearing from this incredible lady, Barbara Rogers, who volunteers in our Liscard shop now, but 45 years ago was helping with the bid to raise the money to build Mount Edgecombe Hospice. And she's been talking about this feisty lady, Enid, who really led the charge once Lady Mount Edgecombe had suggested that she'd had a vision that we would uh, have a hospice for Cornwall. And she's talked about all these different fundraising things and all the work that they all put in. But she then went on, and you're going to love this, Gina, because I can just imagine what the celebration must have been like, to the moment where the whole plan and all these people came together and success was on the horizon. It, it, it all happened, really. It was unbelievable how it happened. And I went one day and she said, Sister, I've got the land. She said, the land has been given to us to build the hospice. I said, oh, that's wonderful. So she said, now, she said, I've called upon all the local builders, plumbers, electricians, architects, uh, surveyors, everybody. And I've called them all to a meeting at St. Austell, and um, we'll see how they get on. So I said to her, how did your meeting get on? She said, well, she said none of them were very enthusiastic, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh-oh. She said, but I said to them, well, gentlemen, I will be here the same time next week. And she said, do you know every one of those gentlemen came back and we had their services free. I know it was five years from when it was a vision to it being built, but during that time, it passed so quickly. So I was there for the opening of the hospice and um, it was... And when you were there at that opening, did it even cross your mind that 40 years on, that hospice would still be standing, still providing care and that you'd still be a part of that story? No, no way, no way. I didn't, I didn't think so. Um, I, I really was just so, so pleased and... Um, it was it was just such a, a wonderful a wonderful feeling. 
can't you picture the scene? The All men those do. men gathered round this little lady goes, right, what are you going to do for me? It sounds like an earlier version of DIY SOS, doesn't it? Or something, one of those, you know, where people get together. But I think that really is, you know, how the people of Cornwall have been to support the hospice. Absolutely. They've been hugely supportive of the organisation and the charity. And I love the idea that mm. we ha- they had to pay for the materials, yeah. but so much of the work... Uh, that's in the fabric of of this building isn't it you can feel it the positivity is just extraordinary and and then you know for Barbara to say she never dreamt that 40 years on she'd still be a part of what was going on and what an accolade it is it is lovely and and what lovely memories that you know it um it I sit here and I listen to Barbara and it makes me think actually gosh if we could get them all in, you know, all those nurses and people in a room together, what stories they'd have to tell, really, of the last 40-odd years. Well, I always say, uh, I wish a building could speak as well. Absolutely, yeah. Because what would this building tell us? Yeah. All the changes, all the people, um, all the stories, the desperately sad stories, but also the, the very positive stories. Yeah. And and how it's been kind of moulded to to move with the times really over the years we've had bits added on and, and rooms refitted in in various ways but actually you know the, the core of it is is you're right it's still here those bricks and there's no uh, it's not a secret now at the time the land was given anonymously um but subsequently oh. uh, it, it it became more public that it was the geeks tony and margaret geek who both were trustees for many, many years of this charity and who gave the land. And then, very sadly, Tony was here at the end of his life, but in a way very positively because he saw what it is that he'd helped see grow and evolve over those years. And, you know, this is such a good moment, 40 years, isn't it, to, to... acknowledge all the people I mean here here in our office we have a picture of Enid because I just think we need to remember Enid yeah. all the way through this year thank you Barbara that's what I'm going to say she was she was yeah. fabulous and how she concentrated on that interview with a whole Christmas party it, going it sound on like a really good party time so actually I have so I think we might ask <laughs> if we go to next year's thank you for joining us for our podcast our second podcast in an And in a couple of weeks, we'll be back again. We're going to continue the 40th anniversary theme and we're inviting in the person whose job it is to make sure we have lots of celebrations throughout the year. So that'll be really interesting. Fantastic. Yeah, get get your diary. Fill it in so that we don't miss any of the celebrations. Thank you for joining us. If you want to get involved in any way, give us ideas, um, give us marks out of 10, suggest things you'd like us to talk about, do drop us an email, communications at cornwallhospice.co.uk. We are Two Old Chuffs, A Tale of Two Hospices. Bye.